Hey, Doug. Happy coronavirus, Karen. Happy coronavirus. This is a very special episode. Is it? <laughs> is it? <laughs> this is a very special episode of Back on the Block. Very special. Um, it is the uh, coronavirus pandemic episode coming to you from our various quarantined homes. Right. We're doing... It's standard operating procedure for us as far as this podcast goes, uh, even though standard operating procedure for the world at large is out the window right now. We're yes. about... We're about uh, I guess almost a week into everyone's advice to stay at home. Yeah. So, so yeah. here we are. So like, yeah, we're about a week into everyone's hair being lit on fire. So he, yes. So Doug, before we dig into this um, Melrose Place episode, which by the way is season four, episode 19, the Bobby trap instead of booby trap. Um, <laughs> I said boobies. Is that why you're laughing? <laughs> yeah. Uh- <laughs> Although, I'm also worried, before we dig in, what is this question you're about to ask me? You know what, now I just completely forgot <laughs> it. <laughs> you were going to say, before we dive into the Melrose episode, Doug, dot, 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 there had to be something. I know, there was something on the other side of that. Well, I guess, I guess, first of all, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, right now, I'm feeling okay. I'm not anxious. There's a general level of... How long can this really go on for? How much worse can this be? Um, But all we can do is hope for the best and wait. So that's what I'm doing. And in the meantime, after a long spell of having to go into work, both my fiancé and I are able to work from home right now. So um, the good news for our uh, Hollywood Boulevard podcast is that we're finally catching up on all the stuff we put on hold for our life. Um, We'll talk about probably on the other podcast a bit later. Uh, theater is done, so there will be none of that. However long, but that also means I have like a semblance of a normal life, albeit not being able to go anywhere else. Um, but I sort of have like my summer vacation started early. I'm just home working for about ten, eleven, twelve hours a day, and then we can watch some more streaming things that have been on hold for the last one to two years. Um, so. I don't know, almost the best of times, worst of times scenario for me, but obviously very cognizant that there's a lot to be cautious about. And how are you doing? Well, you know what? My big question, I remembered what it is now, apart from that, which is how's your toilet paper situation holding up? So, completely serendipitously, which is a word we used in real life a week ago, um, we we had put a Peapod order together, uh... Days before the the big scare happened, so we're actually fully loaded up on toilet paper and paper towels, which just because we knew we were going to need them soon. It was just part of our regular cycle. Um, Karen, on the other hand, is in need, listeners, so uh, if anyone is feeling charitable and wants to send any her way, you can find her. We'll tell you later how. Yes. So, yeah. So I'm sort of like, I almost feel like it's my own fault. Generally, I am one of those people that always has a lot of paper products. Like I buy in advance and I tend to buy in bulk with the things that I like that I know I'm going to use because I, when I see a sale, I grab it. Like that's the type of shopper that I am. Like, you know, and it, and it's a little bit expensive to do that, you know, so I should just do a whole episode on how to do that. In the beginning, it gets a little bit expensive because you're kind of bulk buying up front, right? But yeah. then once you get into the groove, you end up saving money. So, um, 
but like I got really lazy the past couple of months and I've just been kind of like, oh, I don't feel like going down the paper aisle. Oh, I mean, we've got plenty. I don't need to like, it's fine. And then I'll be like, oh, I don't feel like lugging this. Like, oh, you know. So anyway, all my laziness means that I don't have the supplies that I normally have. And listeners, I'm low on TP. And you have really done the rounds in, in trying to find some. I'm like at the grocery stores daily. Look, and yeah. there's just like nothing, nothing on the shelves, no paper products whatsoever, which leads me to believe, like, I can't believe there was a run on this stuff. And then there were repeated runs on this stuff. I just think that there's nothing coming in from the suppliers right now. And I'm a little perturbed. So if you were the person with the, you know, towering baskets of toilet paper over the weekend fuck you yeah yeah never never has sharing is caring been more apt i mean what were these people thinking i think they don't know how to prepare for this new kind of emergency so they go into like blizzard mode or hurricane mode which is blizzard mode you make french toast you don't get toilet paper. No, no, no. The milk and the toilet paper is always the first thing to go in advance. Really? Because, really? Really? Yeah. Toilet yeah. paper? Yeah. Because I've always, we've always run out of milk, eggs, and bread. That's why we always say you're going to make French toast. And it's a big joke. Nobody ever makes a run on the toilet paper. <laughs> you said run on the toilet paper. I um, did. <laughs> okay. I, my experience in the suburbs at least, has always been every time there was like a a school closing for snow, a blizzard warning, the toilet paper was the first thing to go. The milk was the first thing to go. I don't know about like the bread or anything else. I don't know if everyone was making French toast in Vienna, Virginia, but I do know the toilet paper was always gone, gone, gone. Jesus. I don't know. It's just like maddening. And I will also say this, like when I got to the grocery store, I had like a mini heart attack because we will be talking about this in Hollywood, um, in Hollywood Boulevard, but I am on a very sort of specific diet and I was kind of like, and again, like jokes on me. Like I was kind of like walking into the store, like, well, nobody eats what I eat. All my shit's going to be here. Right. And so like, holy shit, like nothing, like all of the stuff that I like rely on for my like day-to-day sustenance wiped the fuck out. Yeah. Do you know why? Because (laughs) when people go into emergency mode like this, their life becomes supermarket sweet, right? They will just take everything off of every aisle that they possibly can. Just thinking at some point, if they run out of everything else that they prefer, they'll need this. They'll use this. They'll eat this. They become human flux capacitors. It, it was really unbelievable because I will say this, there was a lot of junky stuff left behind. Like, okay, so I eat a lot of frozen vegetables because I am on this sort of process. And again, we'll probably dig into this when I talk about what I'm going to talk about on Hollywood Boulevard. But I am supposed to eat vegetables that are cooked all the way through. It's the thing that I'm doing. And this is so like, I was like, well, you know what? No sense in getting fresh vegetables. This has been for several months now. I've just been getting frozen because I got to cook them down to mush anyway, or like really, really soft. So I'm like, you know, no sense in like potential spoilage. I can portion out easier. Like it's great, right? And I was like thinking, like, like when I go to the vegetable frozen vegetable section, it is like I have like take your pick. It is a cornucopia of food, wiped clean, and and like the Tostino's pizza rolls (laughs) and like the pizza bagels and the hot pockets. 
there were plenty of those. But it oh, was that, which that is was a surprise. weird, right? Like totally yeah. not what I was expecting. But it was like the fruits, the, the frozen fruit, because I do a smoothie every single morning. That is my breakfast. Frozen fruit, frozen veg, gone. Huh. And then beans too, because I'm mostly vegan. And so it was like, so I like survive on basically like plant food, plant food, like legumes. And it was like gone. Like you couldn't even get the, the dried ones that like, you know, that you need to like reconstitute. People were like just buying. I mean, it's fine. The food stuff is fine because I'm just getting, you know, the, the fresh vegetables, which is fine. I just have to cook them down and like be, you know, recognize that I have stuff in the fridge that could potentially go bad. But like the toilet paper thing is killing me. Are you, are you just taking a daily sojourn? To try mm, and pretty find much, some. yeah, pretty mm. much, pretty much. So again, like I'm risking myself and everybody else around me because some jackasses decided to hoard the friggin' toilet paper. You guys, let's wish Karen lots of good luck. By the time you're listening to this, let's hope maybe she's been able to find a new stock somewhere. And I was gonna buy a bidet from Amazon. Guess what? Back ordered. <laughs> Y'all are savages. Savages. <laughs> fuckers anyway let's talk about the episode <laughs> let's 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 get back to the reason everyone came to town okay so episode 19 the bobby trap let's just get matt out of the way all right matt's in it but barely and it's stupid you go um okay so you know matt has this boyfriend alan the one that we questioned because we we kind of we're not sure about him he might be the a actor yes the actor dude well, Alan has a job finally. Um, he's he got a soap opera gig, and um, and he invited Matt to come watch the taping or the rehearsal or something like that. So yeah, it was like a rehearsal. Yeah, so Matt's like the only one that apparently was invited because he seems to be the only one that doesn't belong there. But like when he walks into the soundstage, like his boyfriend is in this like full on kiss with this actress because it's a soap, you know, and I have to say there was quite open mouths going on there. Like they really made it a point to yeah. show us that their mouths were open. Yeah, um, it's actually not the way you see couples kissing on soaps, but that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. Um, and so we, you know, Matt has a couple of panged looks on his face while he's watching <laughs> that and then the, the then they yell cut. The producer lady comes over and flirts with Alan. And then Alan introduces Matt as his friend. Didn't say special friend, but just said friend. And Matt gets really upset because he's like, "What are you in the closet?" Basically, and you know, and we all know Matt's not down with that. Matt will not be put nor, back in the closet. Nor should he be. Nor should he be. Um, so it looks like things are, uh, you know, that relationship is, uh, like Rocky Road ice cream at this point. Mm, ice cream. Oh, ice cream. Remember that? Um, okay. Anyway. Um, and then, uh, we go to the hospital where Matt is being lovely to a nurse, which is great. Which um, I think is a nurse we see a lot of in the later seasons. Nurse Amy or something like that. We see her in like seasons five and six i feel like a lot I, i'm glad she's back she was very sweet yeah. to matt and she basically was like i can't wait till you're a real doctor you're gonna be great and in the back of my head i'm sort of like yeah but he cheated his way in and also he's on like the most rapidly advanced uh med school path i've ever heard yeah i mean he's amazing um so and that's anyway 
this is when he meets this guy from social services um, who took over his job, uh, David. And um, David has some questions about his old job that he wants to talk to Matt about. But, before, you know, can they get coffee or something like that? And and Matt's, like, kind of smitten here and thinks that David might be flirting with him. And so David's like, you know, because David also announces that he's gay and he's like... David makes a very big show of thanking Matt for what he did for all gay employees with uh, Dr. Hobbs. Right, yeah. right. And so whatever it is that he asks, you know, Matt about coffee, like, Matt's kind of like oh, I think he's flirting with me. And then David is like, no, I'm not. Just come to your old office tomorrow morning and let me know what's going on with this case. So, shot down. Yeah, but I think we do see the guy again. I truly cannot remember if that leads to something or not. I felt like it would have, or else why is this just hanging out there? Yeah, what else would there be but... I just have no memory of there being a thing. Maybe I've just blocked out the rest of Matt's storylines. Well, you know, I really hope that it is because I just want him to get away from the actor because I just feel like the actor is bad news. And Matt's just had a lot of bad news lately. Yeah, like being framed for murder. Yeah, although he should be skeptical about skeptical about getting involved in another workplace romance. Yeah, at the very least. Yeah, that might not be the best route to, for him to take right now, but I still feel like that's a better chance to take than actor dude, who I think is about to drop like a big bombshell on poor Matt. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're kind of close to seeing where that goes. Okay, good. Hopefully it'll go fast. Yeah. Okay. Where do we go now? Ugh. Um. Um. There was an awful lot going on in this episode. There, yeah, and they're convoluted. Um, yeah, okay, we have to we have to save Amanda's stuff for last, and I think we should save Jane also. But that sort of doesn't leave us with anything because they're all connected. Yeah, I mean, where are we with like? I mean, I guess we can sort of like go, yeah, they did all kind of like interweave. So, okay, let's, let's jump into Jane. Cause the last time we saw her, she needed rescue oh, from the true. ocean. That's true. We, we want to make sure that, you know, she survived her, her night trip to sea intact. And that is where the episode does open. Yes, it does open with that. And so basically like, I, I mean, I, okay. Jane's. Through the, through the progression of this episode, starting even right at the beginning from like the night before where she was like flailing in the ocean and practically drowning because she is, you know, she, she's got, you know, immobile legs and, you know, immobile leg, immobile arm. Yeah, her, her temporary paralysis was still pretty strong at that point. Yeah, like all of a sudden this episode, she's like Superwoman. She's like, it's like all of a sudden the PT kicked in. The most accelerated case of healing I've ever seen in my life is what you witnessed in this episode. It is. It is. It Quicker is, it is like Jesus. than it's like Jesus any, showed up. Any vampire slayer. It's like if your leg fell asleep, that's how she recovers this week. I mean, okay, so the woman was in the ocean the night before, practically drowning until Jake like dives in and saves her. Right? 
Well, the next morning, they're at her apartment. He slept on the couch. She comes hopping, hopping, literally hopping out of her bedroom into her wheelchair. Again, she was wheelchair bound the last time we saw her, and the so, night before. So wheelchair bound, she couldn't save herself. Now she's just hopping on through her apartment. Yeah. But I think that the key thing to know here is that Jake did spend the night on the couch. Yes, he's, chivalrously. He's clearly there for Jane, but oh, there's a knock on the door. Guess what? It's Sid. Wait, but isn't Allison there? First? Oh, yeah, Allison shows up first. Yeah. How did Allison know that Jane was home now? Because remember, before, Jane was spending her nights at the um, at the beach house. We don't know. We don't this know. Is, it's not even like it was on a social media platform. We don't know. Maybe she saw them out a window coming in and spoke. We don't know. We, we have no idea. But anyway, Allison knows she's there. She comes in. She wants to see how Jane's doing. While she and Jane are sitting down for some OJ, um, there's another knock, and it's Sid, and she's got flowers, and she is very apologetic for what happened the night before, and Jake gives her the business. Yeah, yeah. It's actually like a kind of different Jake than we've ever seen where Jake has been very noble but he's like really not having it with Sid in a in, in, in a way that's both defensive and playful usually Jake is kind of like uh, more stoic um it's a different Jake I feel that we get this episode but it's the right kind of Jake nonetheless it's the Jake we need certainly the Jake Jane needs the Jake Jane needs and so he basically like kicks Sid out on her ass, and um, and <laughs> Allison's so funny, she's like, oh, I'll walk you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so they're gone, and then I guess, I guess Sid, like, stomps her way back to, uh, to the hospital to see Kimberly, because for whatever reason, she is convinced that, um, that, that, that this means that everybody's going to know that she doused Jane's drinks, or drink, I should say. Um, yeah, she's definitely worried about Kimberly spilling the beans. Yeah, and so, um, trying to remember what happened. Oh, she tries to take her notes back. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, so Sid, like, blames, um, blames Kimberly for everything that's gone wrong, and she's like, you did this to me, you're still, like, on this vendetta, and then she's trying to, like, take the notes, and she's like, you're gonna turn me into the cops, you're gonna get me arrested, and, um, and Kimberly's like, you know, no, I would never do that. Um, and I don't remember how she calmed her down. Oh, she she basically, she, I mean, she, she basically just says that and, you know, Sid is still on red alert. Right. Okay. Got it. Um, and then Sid like basically storms out of the root, out of the the office and runs into Michael and Michael says something kind of shitty to her. And then, and then, and then Sid like runs away and then Michael and Kimberly are alone and they're, they're getting very cozy again. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically, um, Kimberly needs a B12 shot and I guess Michael is going to administer it to her. Or so we think. Or so we think. And, um, I guess, we should just kind of like keep going on that. Yeah, yeah. Let's follow this thread and then see where it goes. Yes. Okay, cool. So Kimberly goes to get the B twelve shot, and Michael. I mean, this is this is just like I, I howled. I, I howled when this happened. Instead of giving her the B twelve, shoots her full of. Guess what? Truth, Truth serum. serum. 
We haven't had a truth serum episode on Melrose Place yet, have we? <laughs> no, I think this is our, the only one. This is our first truth, which is bizarre because in the 70s or maybe the 80s, I get confused between the two sometimes, truth serum was like a big plot point. It's true. In like every I mean, I remember growing up everything. and thinking it was a real thing you could acquire. I know, and you got to watch out for that truth serum. But apparently, phenobarbital, which is truth serum, is a real thing. It is. And I don't quite know how it works, except to say that it probably lowers your inhibition, so you're chatty more. You know what I mean? Um, So he basically gives Kimberly truth serum to try and get get whatever the hell is going on with Sid out of Kimberly. And she does. And and I'll tell you what, guys. It worked. Don't take truth serum on TV because that shit works every single time. And or do take it on TV and let us watch. <laughs> it did work. And so now Michael knows how Jane ingested the pills that ultimately gave her a stroke that led to her paralysis. Poor Sid is screwed. Yeah. Um, you know, and and so basically, you know, I Michael confronts Sid Sid goes back and confronts Kimberly, and Kimberly, of course, is pissed off because, you know, Michael gave her truth serum instead of B12. And and she's basically like, he screwed us both, and I guess invited Sid to move in with her. Yeah. That's it, right? That's where we are? For that, yeah, for... For that detour, yes. Yes, and she hasn't moved in yet, right? We haven't seen that yet, which should be really no. interesting. Okay, moving on. So we should probably jump back to, I don't know, Jane and Richard and Joe. Because, uh, you know, once again, like, uh, another plot point that is kind of, like, leading us to Bizarro Land. Um, with this whole... Will they, won't they? Um, I guess there's a big client on the hook who will only work with Jane. And so. Yes, let's pause there. Okay. Does that make any sense at all? No. This big client is less interested in the famous Richard Hart design than he is of the virtually unknown Jane Mancini. Like, what sense does that make? None of it makes sense, especially the part where Joe and. What's his name? Richard. Richard. Invite her back into the business to impress this guy. And Jane is basically like, no, I'm not going to do it. I won't fake it. And then shows up and fakes it. And then in the next scene, decides that she's not going to fake it. It is all very bizarre. And it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't. But, But this is what Joe does. She makes an appeal to Jane. Yes. And Jane, um, and, and she's like, you know, basically, like, we were friends once. I'd like to be friends again. Could you please do this for us? We're sorry we hurt you. Even though it was Jane that was, like, being manipulative and weird. Like, I feel like in this episode, by the way, we've gotten the old Jane back. Who is the old Jane? Do you mean victim Jane or, like, early season four Jane? I think, I think victim Jane. Um, yes, but not quite, maybe. I mean, not, not like total victim because she's not quite a victim in this episode, but she's standing up for herself, but she's not doing devious things to other people. That's correct. No, she is asserting herself. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is fine because like eventually she goes, you know, they're meeting at the office on a Saturday and because they, they're going to like 
try and like do some work or whatever it is that they're going to do because they think Mancini Hart is going to be like an operational company again. And Jane shows up and she's like, yeah, no, I decided that this isn't for me and I want to be on my own and I'll be happier sitting in my house making my drawings. You know what I mean? And so she kind of like blindsides them. And then she's got movers there who are taking things out of her office. And Richard is like, that's my property. And then she's like, you need to call a lawyer. And she's like, okay, if that's how you want to do it. So she's really like calm and cool about it. And she's not like sort of like playing a victim victim, but she's also not being like this weird manipulative. Well, I'm going to make you fall in love with me for my, for my career. Like, I don't love you, but I'll marry you. Right. No, she's basically choosing herself. She's not, there's nothing deceptive about this. She's not trying to play a game at this point. She's like, you know what? I did this thing to be nice, but I choose me. So I'm getting my stuff back. And not only does she choose her, she chooses Jake. Yeah. Well, that's the best part. That's uh, not really a twist because we clearly have seen it coming for the last couple episodes. But yes, so Jane is now almost completely back to like the land of the walking and she goes for a swim in the pool. And this is literally, by the way, can we just talk about the timeline here? I think there are maybe like two days, two yeah. days between <laughs> her nearly drowning in the Pacific Ocean and then being able to swim laps in the Melrose Pool. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, so Jake shows up, sees her in the pool, and they have this very nice, friendly, like, seductive conversation. And then he jumps into the pool and starts making out with her. And they're now a couple, Jane and Jake. Yep. And then, oh, and then I missed the part where um, she goes to Hart Mancini and, uh, oh, that happened after the pool scene. Because by the time she shows up, by the way, to Hart Mancini, um, she's, she's, got a, she's got a cane. She has a cane. She's not in the wheelchair. Yeah. So it was a miraculous re- recovery, completely. Go Jane. Yeah, and this was a coupling that I did not see coming when it first happened. Really? Nor, nor do I like after the fact. No. Real? You don't like you don't like them together. No, I don't think there are fireworks there. No, I don't. I mean, did they put them together because they hadn't yet? I mean, because they were kind of yeah. Like they I were think that's why. <laughs> again together. When, um, when, when he, when that whole thing with Sid was going down, when she joined the cult, mm-hmm. it yeah. seemed like they were going to get together and then it just never happened. Um, and, and now the two of them are definitely a thing. Correct. And I think that's partly because I do not like any part of where this storyline leads. Um, and partly just, yeah, I don't feel heat between the two of them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I definitely don't feel the heat there. Um, and I definitely don't feel that. You know what, though? I don't feel the heat between Joe and Richard either. No. Honestly, do I feel the heat between Joe and anyone that's not Jake? I don't think so. And honestly, I don't feel much heat between Brooke and Billy either. No, that was like a schematic thing just to create a triangle with Allison. Um, that no. just went off the rails. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it again in the next couple of weeks. I don't know what the plan was for Brooke, but I feel like they have since taken her in several different directions and and then just, like, gave up. Because they could have made her a really great secondary villain, 
and it didn't happen. Well, I, I've given up, honestly. I mean, I, you know, in this episode, like, we're sort of back to, uh, well, I, okay, so in the last episode, I couldn't figure out where we left it with Brooke and Billy because I thought we were like, you know, Billy was going to give it the old college try with her because she was, you know, she was depressed and tried to commit suicide and was miserable. And, but I, like, I, th- there's just been so much, like, I've whiplash and I can't keep track of where we are in their relationship. I think it changes within this episode. Because Billy Billy just like he throws his hands up in the air and gets impatient. I don't even know if we need to summarize too much other than to say Billy is a tool and uh, serves Brooke with divorce papers. Yeah, that's basically it. And Allison is the person picking up the pieces. For and that. Allison is back to being blindly loyal to Brooke and deferential to Amanda. And, and she's got this chip on her shoulder that, well, Brooke was my stepdaughter. I... I Oh, her kindness. And it's like, she did nothing but try and ruin your life, destroy your sobriety, steal your man. You don't owe the father loyalty because he, you know, divorced you, kept it a secret, and then killed himself. So really wash your hands of that whole family. Yeah, just walk away. Walk away. You know, and it looks like Billy's making some moves. Yeah, it does. You know, Billy sort of laid it out that maybe he wants to see where he and Allison would go. And it looks like Allison now is rolling her eyes at him. Yeah, it's always like one or the other, but they're never uh, in the same zone at the same time. Right. Okay, so we've got stuff going on here with um, big stuff with Amanda and Bobby and Peter. And let us not forget Alicia? Alicia Alicia Barnett. Alicia Barnett, the lawyer who represented Matt. Who now works, I guess, solely for Bobby. Or, yeah, I guess she's like his corporate counsel or something for whatever the, for whatever the the Bobby business is. Like Bobby has already gotten a house and a his own business in L.A. Meanwhile, his dad took this long to realize that Amanda isn't even dead. So yeah, I I'm guess his really dad sure. thought Amanda was dead this whole time. I have yeah. no idea. All of a sudden, he's getting phone calls. Um, uh, Bobby is getting phone calls from his dad saying, "Why isn't the Why isn't the blonde dead yet? She killed your brother." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm steeped in the Real Housewives of New Jersey recently, but he really does sound like one of the uh, the the husbands of New Jersey. Um, incidentally, and I think I mentioned it before. You know who plays the father? No, who is that? His big thing was on the show Rhoda. He was Joe Girard, who marries Valerie Harper in the beginning of Rhoda, and they're married through most of the series. I knew he. I know. He, I knew he looked familiar. I did you watch Rhoda him. at any point? I did watch Rhoda. I mean, not like. I mean, I watched it enough to know that I enjoyed it, but I never actually got a chance. It wasn't like faithful watching, right? Because my family <laughs> just didn't really do watch it. That but was I his big it. thing. Yeah. How interesting! I knew I knew him from somewhere. I couldn't figure out where. Um. So while that's going on, um, Peter Burns is putting some moves on Alicia, but Alicia seems to think, and she might not be wrong, that he's trying to get close to her to get closer to Bobby because I think that, you know, he wants ammunition to ruin Bobby. That is correct. That is my assumption, although we're not necessarily being told it, although I can see it in Peter's eyes. Yeah, um, but also these are like the most boring enemies I've seen on the show. In a I long know, time. I know. It's like corporate, you know. It's like this sort of like I will ruin you. Let's go play golf. I mean, you know. Yeah. Come on now. 
Um, but so basically Bobby wants to take Amanda away for a romantic weekend, but I think he's trying to escape his dad. Yeah, that's exactly what he's trying to do. And so Amanda knows what something, like something is up that he's like not telling her, but he is not telling her and she can't figure out what it is because, um, she's forgotten all about the angry dad, you know, and that her life might be in peril, you know, which makes sense for someone who at one point faked her own death just to get away from that man and his son. Right. Exactly. And so they're off on this romantic getaway. Um, he gets called away from their dinner, but he tells Amanda, you know, I'll be right back. Don't you move from this table. Well, Amanda, you know, ain't no man going to tell her what to do. So she just gets up and she goes looking for him. Right. Which basically stiffs the waiter because yeah. now the table is empty. And she just tells the waiter, she goes, no one tells me what to do. Yeah. Well, the, the, waiter says, the waiter is like, may I get you dessert? And she's like, I don't eat dessert. And no one tells me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, you don't eat dessert? No wonder you're so nasty. <laughs> Have some pie. For real. Try a cheesecake. A cheesecake is delicious. So, um, so, the, so the, I guess the concierge or the front desk person, like Amanda sort of storming out and she's like, where's Bobby Parisi? And he's like, he went up to his room. And so Amanda like storms up to the room and she's like, Bobby. And she walks in and he's being held at gunpoint by the dad. And the dad brought a stooge with him and the stooge has got a gun. And so basically the big cliffy um, Amanda and, and Bobby are sitting next to each other in a hotel room with guns trained on them. And that, my friends, is the Bobby trap. Amanda <laughs> walked right into it. Amanda walked right into it. So, and, and, they, and the very last sort of moment is the dad, the, the dad, the mobster dad basically saying, you know, who, like, who's going to, like, you know, who's going to die? Like, basically like Bobby, do you want me to kill her or do you want right. me to it's kill gonna you? Right. It's going to be, it's going to be her or you, which is it? Dun, yeah. Dun, dun, uh... yeah. So, um, I think it's probably going to be Bobby. Well, it's probably not going to be Amanda. I don't, I doubt it's going to be Amanda because she still has more episodes to go. Exactly. Yeah. So a couple things, and I don't think we left anything out in this episode. Good job us. Um, one next week's episode is a big two-parter. So we are probably just going to do an elongated Back on the Block podcast and not do a Hollywood Boulevard, which makes sense because there ain't going to be that much stuff for us to get out and see in the next uh, week or so. Uh, um, Two, I forgot what that was, so both of us have amnesia during this podcast. Um, (laughs) And... Three, uh, in catching up on other things on TV, I watched one of the most recent episodes of the sitcom Mom with Allison Janney and um, what's her name? Again, Amnesia, uh, Anna Ferris. And um, Courtney Thornsmith was a guest star. That's so exciting. It gets funnier because she, her character, is in AA. She's the sponsor of Alice and Janney's husband's character. So it's like all these years later, Courtney Thornsmith is still in recovery on TV. Bless her heart. She's got it yeah. down. She's got it down. Um, I don't think we'll be seeing her again. I think it was just the one-off for the episode. But it was a nice surprise. Yay. Um, glad to see that she's still working. Yeah. Uh, always nice to see. Yeah. So I guess the big question is, um, well, lots of questions. Um, will Matt dump the boyfriend and go off with the guy who took his position at the hospital? 
will um, how will new roomies Kimberly and Sydney fare? Um, which woman is Michael going to try and hook up with now? Because everybody's mad at him. Um, uh, not that that stopped any of them in the past. Yeah. What's going to happen between uh, Richard and Joe now that Jane is no longer in the picture, like literally, like at all, even in the business? Where's Where's the relationship between Jane and Jake going to go? Too many J's, blah, blah, blah. Jane oh, and Jake. Yeah. Too, many, too many A's, too many B's, and way too many J's. Way yeah. too many J's. And then what's going to happen with Allison and Billy and Brooke? So uh, I will say next week, not just lengthwise, it's a big episode. A Good. lot of big things happen that we will be talking about. Because we've got, we honestly, I feel like this season we've got some dead weight to drop, and I'm hoping that we drop it off next episode. Well, here's the thing. We might just be exchanging some for some old dead weight for new. Damn it. Um, I really think the we've got like 10 or 12 episodes left for this season where so much has already happened. And I think this is where it really starts to take its nosedive. So we're here to get you guys through it. And we want to know what you think as you're listening and watching along with us. Um, but I'm also very interested to see how uh, you keep reacting to it, my dear. Well, okay. So um, we are going to go head over to Hollywood Boulevard. We hope you join us over there. Um, we will be doing probably more COVID-19 conversations. It's so funny. I was just about to say for a COVID-19 edition. Um, <laughs> um, but in the meantime, everyone probably has a bit more time on their hands than usual. So why not mosey on over to iTunes and give us some five-star ratings? I actually hear those have the power to heal. So let's put that out there in the mm -hmm. world. So, yeah, you've got nothing else to do. Might as well love on us. That's right. Love on us. All right, kids. Um, we're going to head over to Hollywood Boulevard. You follow us there, and we'll see we, you guys we, next time. We, we promise it's a safe zone. Yes. Yes. We will see you there. Bye. Bye.